My guest today, Philip Wilburn, is one of the best impressionists in the business. He's appeared on all of the Los Angeles late night shows, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Conan, and the late, late show, James Corden. You also heard his voice in the very popular Dragon Ball Z, and he knows more about Smokey and the Bandit than anyone I know. So, get me a Diablo sandwich, a Dr. Pepper, and make it quick. I'm in a GD hurry, because we got Philip Wilburn on breakfast. Pick it up! Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Breakfast. This young lady just smashed the lids on all these cakes in the bakery section. <laughs> my uh, guest today. Oh, I'm going to need to hear all about that. He adds character to my crew. <laughs> As you just said, you're not a prostitute. What? Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Great place to hang out and good food, too. I'm always playing blue-collar guys. Somebody screwed through the pipe. I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilize the hydraulics. Some salsa and some sour cream some guacamole. Who doesn't love that? It's breakfast time. The only show where bacon, pancakes, Hollywood. I'm your host, Brent Pope. Philip, welcome into the breakfast studio. Oh uh, it's gosh. so nice to have you. Brent, it's so good to be here. I, I never see you and it's just, it's just a pleasure. I know, right? We see each other all the time. What are you talking about? <laughs> I know. I'm trying to be aloof and LA. Nice. What's aloof? Oh, that's that thing that you use to wash your back. <laughs> no. Uh, instead of a sponge. No. That's... I have a loof. Yeah. <laughs> a classic Brentism. Already off to the races on breakfast. <laughs> so, Philip, you know, we both have a lot of friends that are like kind of like sci-fi nerds. Right. Uh, so let's talk about Dragon Ball Z, because that's something that you've got a lot of mileage of. You played one of the most hated characters. One of the most ever hated on... characters on Dragon Ball Z. Android 19. Android 19, uh, if you're not familiar with with Dragon Ball Z, uh, Dragon Ball Z is an anime cartoon that's very popular. Uh, and Dragon Ball Z was the first voiceover gig I ever got. And Android 19 was the first character I got. Uh, interesting story about Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z was done in Dallas. And all of the guys that were voice actors and directors on that show were all improv guys. And so they had all been working on it, and I was late to the game. And so they had this little android character, and they said, would you do it? We want it to be a maniacal clown kind of voice. And so my voice for it was like, this is not the human we seek. I will identify him. That was what I did for Dragon Ball Z. And you think, wow, that's not too bad, but then when you do multiple episodes and you have to do multiple fight scenes, it became really a difficult challenge. So it was a real good lesson in voicing stuff that was like, do not do something that's really out of your range. If you can't do it for a long time, don't try to do that voice. Yeah, I was going to ask you that because I was just kind of, you know, uh, I do a lot of like karaoke and I try to do voices and right. like that too. And I was just imagining when you're doing that voice for a long period of time, the back of your throat's going to really hurt. Oh, it was a nightmare. And um, they put a a uh, Taco Bell kind of uh, speaker on it that they wanted to have it. So he sounded like he was coming out of a little speaker at a, a to-go place. And he was so hated because not only did he do bad things on the show, he had this maniacal voice that annoyed people. They would always put him as hidden characters in video games. So, like, they would always, when I moved out to L.A., they would always fly me to Dallas to do uh, video games for Dragon Ball Z and all the other ones, Goku and Vegeta and all these other big characters were, like, doing days of 
voicing and lines and reactions. And I would have like eight. I'd have like eight <laughs> lines and four reactions because I was a hidden character. And it was hilarious because uh, because Dragon Ball Z was at the I, – I don't know if it still is, but because it was done in Texas, it was non-union. It was a non-union gig, and they got us for nothing. But when they started getting popular and the games were going – they started doing this deal where they were like, we're all going to get paid a lot or we're not doing it, which was absolutely fair. But it became totally unfair when I got the same check as all those other guys that was in there for days. And I, I was know. like, seems fair to me. It was fine to me. I got flown out. And uh, the, the second time I did that, they savvied up and they did it out here. They did my lines from out here. But, um, you know, Philip, you know what they say, that uh, something being fair doesn't mean that everyone gets the same thing. That's true. It means that everyone gets what they need. That's true. And I feel like you needed the same money as everyone else. I did need the same money. (laughs) I needed the money. I was moving out here. I needed some dough. So it was fine. So we talked in the open, or I talked in the open about you you being an impressionist. Right. And you don't have to do impressions right here on the show, but my fans will just be very disappointed. They'll be upset, for sure. If you don't. Uh, let me let me ask you this. Maybe we'll do some of those later, but yeah. what's the first impression you ever did? Was that something you tried to do when you were a kid? You know what? I always did impressions, and uh, my dad, uh, we watched a You know, I love TV so much. TV is such a thing to me, and it's such great history and such great learning, and I watched TV constantly as a kid. And uh, I remember we watched... Um, my dad watches John – to this day, my dad watches John Wayne movies constantly. And I remember like Rich Little and Robin Williams and people doing John Wayne. So I would do my own version of John Wayne and stuff like that. And then I remember us watching uh, Bewitched a lot. I thought like there was a period of time when all the sitcoms that were rerun were like Brady Bunch, Bewitched, I Dream a Genie, things like that. But I remember on Bewitched, Uncle Arthur – was so funny. Paul Lind coming in and doing that all these strange gr- things. That was a great character. And I'm a kid from East Texas that has no, any kind of, like, there's no one in my world that's like Paul Lind, Uncle Arthur. And it was just such a weird character to see him come in and go, oh, Sammy. Oh, look, d- d- what's Darren doing? <laughs> oh, Sam. And it was just so funny to me. And so I would start doing Uncle Arthur. And it was just so weird to see this little kid doing John Wayne and Uncle Arthur. And that started setting me on a track. And then I started watching SNL as a little kid. And I would see people do Jimmy Carter and all these different people. And so, you know, I would just do impressions based on what I saw. You know, I would just take their impression or do an impression of a character I saw and just, you know, loved it. So Nice. So well, I, I know you a do a lot of presidents. I do a lot of presidents. I I did Ronald Reagan when I was a little kid in fifth grade. That was ridiculous. And I would do and work on all the presidents as they would come up. And like when I started doing like comedy, uh, President Clinton was in office. So I did a lot of President Clinton. And then I segued into George W. Uh, George W. is an interesting character because um, I've always um, I've always been a Democrat. And anybody I ever shook hands with did not win the presidency. So Lloyd Benson, Mike Dukakis, all these people, I never won. So. President Bush came to the TV station that I worked at, and I called a friend of mine. I said, 
I'm about to spread my curse. And I hung up the phone and I walked into the studio and George W. Bush, Governor Bush at the time, was standing in this studio. And I walked up to Governor Bush and I said, Governor Bush, and he looked at me directly in the eye and went, yeah, buddy. And I said, I just came to shake your hand. And he grabbed me on my back and grabbed my hand so hard. He was like, I'm glad you did, buddy. So good to see you. So good to see you. And it was so weird. <laughs> and so, like, like, I loved Will Ferrell's George Bush, but I'm very cognizant of not doing somebody else's, like, like because I grew up doing impressions, I don't like to do their impression of it. I like to find my own version of it. Even though you're doing the same voice and you're using a lot of the same tropes, you know, I like to find my own version of the the impression. And my George Bush was based on this inter, this interaction. So after I shook hands with him, there was a weather guy I worked with that came over to George Bush. And he was a he was an older guy, but he was one of these guys that looks younger but doesn't like to tell his age, you know? And so he walked over to President Bush, and President Bush looked at him and said, Now, Troy, I remember you in, doing weather in Houston years ago. I mean, how old a guy are you? And this guy did not want to tell his age. And he goes, he leans in and whispers, and he goes, Governor Bush, I'm 65. And George W. takes a look. He leans back, and Laura Bush is on the other side of the studio, and he says, Laura, can you believe that Troy Duncan is 65 years old? That is awesome. <laughs> so he just outed him to everybody. <laughs> so, so I was like, this is the crux of everything that I, uh, that I, that I got gleaned my impression from doing that. That's funny. But uh, I also play President Trump a lot. I've done it for Jimmy Kimmel. Well, you know, in, in the very first Breakfast episode, Mary Kennedy – who you probably know. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, we talked about, she actually mentioned our video that we made. Oh. Your video that I was in. That was we, our video. It was sure. our video. Well, we'll say that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it was called uh, A Summit is Born. A Summit is Born. And uh, you were playing Donald Trump and I was playing Kim Jong-un and we redid the, uh, was it the Oscar performance? It was the Oscar performance. It was, um, that was one of my, in all honesty, Brent, that's one of the favorite videos I've ever done. 100% because of the the everything lined up perfectly. Uh, a, a, multi, a mutual friend of ours, Matt Moore, called me, and he does these great song parodies with uh, um, Allegra Ringo where they do song parodies based on malls in L.A., okay. and they're hilarious. Yeah. Uh, but he I'm called aware. me and sent me sent me the link to his new one, and I said, this is great. but it And it was literally like – 12 hours after, not even 12 hours, like eight hours after the Oscars had, had gone off. And I said, this is great, but if anybody had a parody of, of Shallow, that would be the, the parody to do today. And the moment I said that out loud, I, they were having the summit with Kim Jong-il and Trump. And I was like, Kim oh my, Kim, Kim Jong-un and Trump. And I was like, oh my God, yes, we have to do this. So I called Brent and I said, are you available? And he was like, yeah, what are we doing? And I was like, wait, you're talking about me like I'm not here. I know. <laughs> wait, what's, what's happening? I called you. Another Brent? You called another wanted, Brent first? I, well, I wanted to I wanted to do a bad impression Brent of first. you. Brent first. That's a different first. podcast. Brent first. <laughs> but I called you and you uh, and, and just said, hey, we, we need to do this today. And we shot it and it was out. It was probably out 36 hours after the Oscars had happened. Yeah. And... 
it and is, it turned out really well. It turned out it's one shot. We um, we recorded the music. We did the whole thing, and it's it's pretty amazing. It turns a, out that Kim Jong Un is like the best singer Kim I have Jong ever heard. Kim Jong Un is amazing, and your singing in that has gotten more compliments. And I get no compliments for it whatsoever. I was like, oh, that's cute. But Kim Jong-un. And so we'll never do any videos together again. Well, Philip, I think I should also compliment you on my singing. Uh, <laughs> you son of a... <laughs> but anyway, I only mentioned that because, you know, if you're a fan of the show, Philip and I are both in that. And Mary Kennedy mentioned the first. I'll put it in the show notes. But also it's called A, a Summit is Born. A Summit is Born. It's very funny. Uh, even if we tell you it's funny, it'll still be funny when you watch it. We're it's, not overselling it. We're not. We're, we're selling not. It, it just right. Selling it just <laughs> right. Uh, check it out. Um, it's a great video. I played, uh, you know, I played President Trump. I played, let me back up. I played Donald Trump forever. And um, and I always, I I always enjoyed Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Uh, I thought he was funny. I thought there were some things that were going on. And when he decided to run for president, uh, I was doing a, a political show at the time called Top Story Weekly. And we were like, well, we need somebody to play Trump. I'll do it. It's only three months. And then I'll play President Clinton for eight years. And so so I started doing it as a joke. Like I literally went to, um, I went to Comic-Con the week that he announced, took a camera – and dressed up as Trump, and we walked around the floor of Comic-Con looking for illegal aliens. We looked for illegal aliens. I talked to E.T. I talked to Boba Fett. It was great. It was so great. We got rid of a lot of people. But then it became, I, I thought literally, I was like, okay, Clinton, the Clintons and the Trumps are friends. He's going to shake this up and then get his friend Hillary into the office. And little did I know what we were in store for. So, Oh my God! Well, look—it's it's so allowed crazy. you to play the president for f- four more years, three more years, and uh, probably one more year at least. Exactly, it's been very interesting. I've done it for Jimmy Kimmel a lot. I'm in a very embarrassing video on uh, the Kimmel website uh, that is a Stormy Daniels and Donald Trump porn parody called Ho in One. It's great. Uh, it's a great video. Uh, it's it, the interesting thing about that was there's a uh, I can't think of uh, the the lady that played Stormy Daniels. Her name is Ashley. I can't think of what her last name is, but she is a beautiful woman, and she's she's a professional woman. wrestler. She's a woman. She's great. Uh, but it was very you know it was a very. Um, suggestive video. Like in the first moments, I dropped my pants and I'm wearing tidy whities and it's ridiculous. And it's as an actor, you have to be a professional and you're always a professional, but it was just embarrassing at the same time. I'm in a fat suit. I'm painted orange. It's not your best. It's you're not putting your best foot forward. But uh, it was very interesting because it was the this embarrassing video happened the very first day that Me Too was announced. And so it was like it was like, all right. Let's just do this uh, weird video today. But uh, it was great. It was a great time. She was awesome. And uh, Jimmy Kimmel loved it. He thought it was so weird. And it was so... Uh, I I have friends that work on Kimmel, and he edits a lot of his bits. You know, he'll, he'll, he'll cut something down to nothing and do stuff. 
But that video, he changed the music in it. And that was all he did. He loved everything about it. So it was a rare, it was a rare full sketch that no celebrity was in. But uh, it was a great time. It was a great time. What's your, uh, what's your favorite impression to do? Is there one that you've just always thought, I just love this one so much? I do love doing precedents a lot. Um, ones that I do, um, you know, I do a lot of weird ones sometimes, like, I used to do Alan Thicke a lot. Um, that was a weird one to do. Uh, and I always loved, I still to this day, I get people asking me to do Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. He's so weird. He's so weird. <laughs> but, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, I do, uh, you know, I do your typical ones. You're Liam Neeson. I have a very particular set of skills. You know, all of those silly things, you know. Uh, I also like to do uh, cartoon impressions like Homer Simpson. Or Mr. Burns, you know. <laughs> uh, sometimes I like to do uh, Hank Hill and and Dale and Bill and Dingo Boomhauer. So, you know, you do all those. I like to do all that. And, uh, well, I remember you also used to do a really good Julia Child. (laughs) (laughs) Bottom of tea. (laughs) Yes. And that was when we would do that bit where, uh, I would be behind you and you'd be dressed as Julia Child's, but I would be your arms. And you would be my arms. Yeah. 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 And then I would be doing the voice and you'd be moving. Oh, it was great. And I would have my hands down below and it would be like my feet. Exactly. Exactly. We'd be short Julia Child. Bon appetit, let's make some breakfast. Oh, uh, breakfast, if you will. We are going off the rails. <laughs> and I expected nothing less today. Uh, <laughs> so you grew up in East Texas. Anything about specifically about East Texas that kind of formed your comedy? Is East Texas that much different than the other parts of Texas? Man, East Texas is weird. Um, like, um, the name of the town I'm from is called Sulphur Springs, Texas, but people call it Suffer Springs. Are you from Suffer Springs? And my name is Philip in, in Los Angeles, but in, in, in my hometown, it's like Philip Wayne, Philip Wayne. Uh, (laughs) it's, it's interesting. I mean, you know, I go home. Are there Sulphur Springs and Sulphur Springs? There, there were Sulphur Springs and Sulphur Springs, and they recently re-earthed some kind of springs, but they're not like, it doesn't smell like sulfur or anything like that. That's what people always think. It doesn't. One thing that Sulphur Springs has, and Brent, you know, I know that you love exotic vacations. And I think this might be the place for you because you want to see special things. You want to see once in a lifetime things. And, and in Sulphur Springs, there are only three places in the world that have these. New York, someplace in Italy, and Sulphur Springs. And on the square in Sulphur Springs, there are not one but two, two restrooms on the square. And they are <laughs> they are glass boxes. So when you look at them, they're a mirror. And you can go in and use the bathroom and you can see out, but no one can see in. And it literally is, I don't know what they were thinking. They were like, hey, we need to get people to come to town. What if we put see-through toilets on the square? That's it. That's what we need. And uh, they've they've been on the Discovery Channel. They have been on all of these different shows. But it seriously, there are not. There were only there was some designer in, I think in 
Europe that came up with the concept of these and they got them in Sulphur Springs. And it is so weird. That's sounds like something I would go do on a vacation. It's um, it's absolutely you have to do it. Um, you know, you can't not go in them and see what it's all about. But it is true. It is very it is a weird it is a weird situation. Well, the next time I'm in East Texas, I'm definitely doing that. Oh, we're just going to uh, well, let's go on a trip. Let's go there and do that. There's so, two. We could right. each have one. It'd be great. I was actually as we, we you were talking, I was looking up are there escape rooms near Sulphur Springs. <laughs> I was like, because there's probably some weird ones down there, too. Dude, my parents' house is the escape room. I barely got out of Sulphur Springs. What are you talking about? You talked about this a little bit, but who are, you know, who would you say are your main comedic influences? You know what? I, like I said, I love TV. I love SNL. Um, my, you know, it's like um, with Star Wars, just um, with uh, Rise of the Skywalker came out recently, and um, you see uh, people talk about, like my Star Wars is, um, is Luke Han and those folks, and sure. and um, some people Star Wars is Anakin and those folks, and some people Star Wars is Finn and those folks. But like with SNL, you have all these all these greats, and so my SNL was Eddie Murphy, Billy Crystal, um, Dana Carvey, those eras there. That was my prime time. I remember. See, my mom did watch like the Gilda Radner and all that stuff, but I was too little to really get it. Or I would watch, you know, I'd see some of the stuff there. But like when I saw like Eddie Murphy doing buckwheat or like the his recent trip back to SNL was such a, a great comeback. And it didn't feel like it was like it wasn't even a comeback. It was just like a return of him coming to SNL, but it was so not forced. It was just great. Yeah, just he was great. very comfortable, and you could just tell he's like a star. Yeah, 100%. You know? And some people have gone back and tried to recreate things, and it didn't quite work, but it's still the nostalgia was there. Um, like when Dan Aykroyd and Steve Martin have played the Wild and Crazy Guys again, it doesn't seem the same, although it's you're still like, oh my gosh, yes, yes. But it's like, you know, this Everything was just spot on. It was done in a great way. It was all perfect. And, uh, yeah, that was my thing. I loved Billy Crystal. When I was in high school, I, uh, you know, a lot of people, Brent, get sent home from high school for doing bad things. You know, they're they're in fights. They're doing this. They're doing that. I did, in high school, get sent home one time. One time I got sent home by the principal. One time. Because... Bill Hartman had done Donahue on okay. on, on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And Donahue used to be like a talk show like Oprah. And he was a guy with white hair. And so we were doing a video at school and I sprayed my hair white to come in and I dressed as Donahue to do this video. And so in all the classes, I would do what the sketch was in, <laughs> from the thing. And they were like, you're just, you're just distracting. Go home. Wash that stuff out of your hair and come back. But I was doing sketches in those days. And my senior year in high school, it was really weird. Um, I kind of had wondered what I wanted to do. You know, I wanted to be, I didn't, you know, you're from East Texas. There are not a lot of outlets for comedy or anything like that. But I got into speech and theater class. And the speech, one of the speech things that they would have you do is you would have to do the lunch menu for a week. You would do the lunch menu for a week and that was your that was your um, assignment. 
and I wrote a sketch based on Saturday Night Live or whatever for every day of the week. And they liked it so much, they gave me Fridays for the rest of the year. So I was like writing all these 1987 stupid, you know, stupid jokes and things. And uh, it was just dumb. But it was ridiculous. I would like, I think one was, uh, I don't know. I can't imagine how teachers would deal with me doing like a three minute sketch in the middle of class. All right, here's a stupid sketch about the lunch menu. So before we get too much further, we did have a delightful breakfast at Bob's Big Boy in Burbank. Oh my God. It was amazing. You had the ham steak. Which I did a ham, very big good. ham steak breakfast, which is like a sugar cured ham steak served with three eggs and hash browns and English muffin. You had the. I had the big two. That's the uh, two eggs, two bacon, two pancakes, and mm. two sausage. But I always change that to four strips of bacon, and I forgot. And I hooked you up with that sausage. I gave you the sausage. I, I didn't eat any extra sausage. <laughs> I ate just my own meal, not any extra mm, food, because that's right. how I am. That's true. That's true. <laughs> well, uh, cool thing about that, you know, it's uh, built in 1949. Is the oldest Bob's Big Boy in the United States. We it's did the it. We we had breakfast there, but you know they have the signature. Big Boy Hamburger, which was the original Double Deck Hamburger. Double Decker. Is it Double Deck or Double Decker? I, I don't think know. Double Decker. I think yeah. Two Patty Hamburger. Uh, you know, Blade Runner with Double Deckers. That's too many Deckers. But uh, <laughs> Hamburger. It's But it was the model for, like, famous sandwiches, like the, the, the Big Mac at McDonald's and the Big King at, you know, Burger King. And is it the Big Chef at Burger Chef in some places? I've never been to a they're Burger all, Chef. They're all kind of the same. Those double burgers with, like, right. the Thousand Island dressing usually. Yes. But, yeah, cool place to hang out. It's, uh, it gets kind of busy there. It's a cool place to kind of, like, you know, if you are if you want to go there and, like, oh, maybe I'll see Andy Garcia. Yeah. Or somebody like that. Yeah. You, uh, you saw Andy Garcia there once. I've seen Guillermo from... Kimmel, I saw right. uh, I saw Drew Carey the day he got prices right there. Yeah. I talked to him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fritz Coleman, local weatherman, right. goes there every day at noon. If you want to see Fritz Coleman, go there at noon because <laughs> so, he's there. A lot of times I go to little diners and stuff. Uh, this is not that. This is a big, famous place. And uh, but but my meal was delicious. It was a giant ham steak, and uh, I never have any complaints with the with the diner. Exactly. Food there. And Friday nights they have classic cars there every Friday night. So oh, that's if right. you love classic that is, cars, that is pretty cool. Sometimes you see Jay Leno walking and around. And we got some really cool pictures of this on the – we'll get on the website and stuff oh, yeah. later. It's um, a beautiful place. So thank you for going to the breakfast there with me. It was, it was delicious and delightful. Yes. And next time I'm going to get a shake. Oh, the shakes are so good. <laughs> uh, Philip, we have to do our breakfast quick bites. Let's uh, do it. Where we where we uh, talk about the questions that we asked online on social media and see if you agree with what they came up with or vice versa. Philip, I found two characters that are uh, that we love, even though they're kind of annoying. Okay? okay, so I want you to tell me which one is the better character that we love, even though they're annoying: C three PO or Niles Crane from Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know I like them both, but I have to say C three PO is my go to, bud. I gotta say I love C three PO so much. Better sidekick. R2-D2 or Fraser Crane? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> C-3PO. Look, I think C-3PO is underrated. I love that they used him a lot in the uh, Rise of Skywalker. I was happy about that. Uh, I've always been kind of a C-3PO guy. Whatever that says about me and us, I don't care. I love C-3PO, so I accept that answer. I love C-3PO. Um, uh, I saw Anthony Daniels walking around at 
uh, the Star Wars land at Disneyland one time, and no one noticed who he was except me. That's and I talked to him, and I told him when I was a little kid, instead of playing Luke Skywalker or Han Solo, I always liked to be C-3PO, human-cyborg relations. And he was like, oh, well, you have to do the voice for me. And so I did, and he loved it. Wow, that's amazing. I actually got his book. Somebody gave it to me for the holidays. Oh, awesome. Uh, it's called I Am C-3PO. I started yes. reading it. He's kind of a dream guest that I would love to get on the show. I don't know how possible it is, but I'm going to put it out there to, to put whoever. Put it out there. He's so... He's so sweet and he's so nice, and uh, I cannot wait to uh, I cannot wait to get the book. It's I good. can't it's... wait to eat breakfast with him. How is he going to fit the food in the little metal slot? Well, he'll get a shake. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> he always wears the suit. That's the thing. Breakfast quick bite number two. We're both fans of cars. What's the better uh, TV car? The Ecto One from Ghostbusters. Or the DeLorean from Back to the Future. Oh, man, Brent, that is such a thing because I love both of those so much. One, the the DeLorean can take you anywhere. The DeLorean can take you anywhere. But the Ghostbuster car can take you there with your friends. That's true. Hmm. Exactly. Exactly. I think I'm gonna go I think I'm gonna go Ecto one. Because I like I like the Ghostbusters so much. Not the new Ecto, but the old school Ecto one. Okay. I love it. Cool. I accept that. They're both pretty. That's kind of a. I, it's tough. It's look, tough. People were going at this one on social yeah. media, too. I mean, the. Um, and the guy who created those cars uh, has his shop in, in Burbank. Wow. And at one point, both of those cars were in his shop. Interesting. Philip, is there something that people don't know about you that you think they should know or that you want them to know? Well, Brent. One thing that we've mentioned, my love of TV. And mm-hmm. when I was in... When I was and by a, TV, you mean television. Television, For the people yes, that don't for know. For the people that are not in yeah. the know. Like, I'm in the biz, mm-hmm. so I say TV. Yeah. But television. Uh, I used to learn, when I was a little kid, I thought it was cool, and it was absolutely not cool. But I thought it was cool to learn all the TV theme songs. Not only TV theme songs, but TV theme songs that had, that were, that were instrumentals. Ones that had words that you didn't know, like Bonanza's words are, we got to fight to pick a little fight, Bonanza. If anybody fights any one of us, they're going to fight with me. And so that's ridiculous. So I love TV theme songs, and I know so many TV theme songs. And I know that, Brent, you and I have done songs together before. Yeah. And I thought maybe a good way to really let everybody know my talent oh. and your talent. I'm getting be, scared. What's happening? Would be maybe us to, you know, do one of my favorite TV theme songs. Okay. If you would be up for okay, it. Okay, sure. What is your, one of your favorite TV songs? Show me that smile oh, again. Show me that smile. Don't waste another minute on your trying. We, we know, know it's near the end. The, the best is ready to begin. Ooh, as long, long as, as we got each other. We got the world spinning right in our hands, baby, you and me. We gotta be the luckiest I don't know. I don't know anywhere that, Phil, but... Be. Come on! <laughs> I was harmonizing pretty good with you, Phil, right, though. Let's that was, just do the that end. was on the spot. We got each other sharing the laughter and love. That was it. Wow. Oh, I, don't, I didn't know all of it. I know you did, but you were so good. You were right there. You were <laughs> but right I thought there. the harmonizing was pretty good. You did amazing harmonizing. <laughs> Are you glad? Are you glad that I had that talent now that we could share with the world uh, that? Yes, and I'm a little afraid that we might uh, take over the entire. 
planet. I think we should. I think we should go on the road. Uh, what was our? What's our show that we're always oh, pitching? Philip Wilbrandt. <laughs> yeah, Wilbrandt. <laughs> That's the worst. Every time, every time I get calls from Brent, he goes, "Hey, I got a, I got us a, I got a meeting today at Warner Brothers. I'm pitching Philip Wilbrandt." Wilbrandt. <laughs> wow. Oh, uh, one day it's going to happen. In the future, there yes. will be a film called the Phil Wilburn Story. Who's going to play Phil Wilburn in that movie? Oh man, Brent, that is a, that is a tough one. My my first go to would be you because you 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 know me so well, uh-huh. but. But uh-huh. I don't think we'll be able to get you at that point. Yeah. You know, I think uh, I think Plus, a... I will refuse to sh- shave my mustache at that point. <laughs> exactly, exactly. At that, that point, I clearly will, will not, have. You will not be able to do that. But I think um, maybe um, you know. I I think I think a good person to play me would possibly be uh, Jason Bateman. Be nice oh, to have Jason Bateman Jason play Bateman. me. Interesting. Um, right. Or um, you know, uh, Jim Belushi. One of those two people would be great to play me. Yeah. Well, I think, according to Jim, he would be great at you. Uh. <laughs> well, Phil, this has been so fun. Guys, if you'd like to get more Breakfast content, such as bonus episodes, show promos, TV and film appearances, well, and other public events, as well as pics of Philip Wilburn and I having a delightful breakfast at Bob's Big Boy in Burbank, there are several places you can go. Please join the Facebook page for Breakfast and for my actor page, Brent Pope. You can go to the Breakfast page on Instagram at Breakfast Podcast. You can go to my personal Instagram and Twitter accounts at Scoops Pope. The, the show itself is available everywhere you find podcasts. iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, through my website, brentpope.com. Thanks for your support. We're growing constantly. We're almost in 30 states now, guys, in almost 10 countries. So if you enjoy the show, please leave us reviews, leave us likes, share it around. Get on social media. I give out swag every week if you answer questions correctly. It's all very appreciated. Philip Wilburn, where can we find you on social media? Uh, if you want to follow me, you can follow me everywhere at Philip Wilburn. So I'm on Instagram, Twitter, whatever, at Philip Wilburn. Nice. And with that... We are at the end of another fantabulous episode of Breakfast and put it in the old to-go bag. See ya.